Welcome back to Missing. I am Tim here today with Lance. Lance, how are you today? I'm doing fantastic today, Tim. I hope everybody out there who's listening, I hope they're doing as fantastic. I hope everyone had a great holiday season. Wrapping up 2023. How are you, Tim, as we come to the end of this fine year? I'm doing great. Thanks a lot for asking. I am uh, excited to introduce our conversation that we have on this episode. We're speaking with Dornette Mullings, whose brother, Calvin Berry, died on March 10th, 2021. And there's some suspicion here with his death. And he was a beloved mail carrier in Port St. Lucie, Florida. And it's a suspicious death in that Dornette is not really satisfied with the investigation as it was. And she has done a ton of work on this herself. And in addition to uh, attending CrimeCon, and that's where we met her. And she was passing out flyers and was asking for help and coverage. And uh, when that happens, Lance, as you know, uh, it kind of tugs on our heartstrings. And we love to help folks who are in that position. And so that's why we're having Dornette on today. Yeah. And you know, when somebody has gone through the effort to research CrimeCon, understand the importance of it, especially when you have someone in your family that has met their end or has disappeared with tragic circumstances, you attend CrimeCon, you talk to the people who are there who can help. And she really worked podcast row. She was talking to everybody there. She came up to us have the flyer about her brother, and she, like you said, put a lot of work into everything regarding his case, and she forwarded us a lot of documents. And reading the documents, especially a police report that was very extensive, entering into this conversation, I had the concern that this was a family member who might have been letting their emotions dictate their behavior, which is totally understandable. However... About five minutes into the conversation, I realized that was not the case. Dornette is an extremely well-researched individual, dedicates herself to finding out what happened to her brother because there are so many things that don't make sense with his death. And she's pointing them out and simply saying, I need answers for this. It's not saying there's a conspiracy. It's need answers. It doesn't have an answer. It doesn't make sense. So that's totally understandable and really... Whatever we can do to raise this profile, raise her voice, shine a brighter light, whatever cliche you want to put on it, we're going to do. So definitely check this out. De definitely check out the story of, of Dornette Mullins and her brother. Absolutely. And you can go to Justice4, and that's the number four, Calvin.com for some more information. Dornette is also on X and Facebook. There's a Facebook group, Calvin Berry. And again, uh, Dornette is uh, a twin. They're twins, Dornette and Calvin. So I feel like there is, uh, you know, as close as uh, folks can be with siblings, a twin is even closer. And Tim, of course, we have this episode with the commercials here, but there is a place where people can go to listen to this episode, plus all of the other episodes that we do. Where can they go to find them without those commercials? Yes, our good listeners can sign up for Missing Premium now on Apple Podcasts right there in their Apple app. But if you're not an Apple user, you can go to missing.supportingcast.fm and sign up for the same product there. You get ad-free listening, early releases, and our bonus show that everybody loves and YouTube as well. And there are links in the show notes to get to all of these places. 
And make sure to follow us on social media at Missing CSM. Thanks a lot for listening, everybody. We're going to take a quick break here, and we'll be right back with Calvin Berry's twin sister, Dornette Mullings. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome to the podcast, Dornette. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you. Thanks for having me on your show. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for approaching us at CrimeCon and providing us with the information for your twin brother, which is unfortunately the reason why we're speaking today. Um, but can you introduce yourself for the audience so they get some background on you? Sure. And I'm happy that I had uh, met with you at CrimeCon. Of course, I came to Crime con because of the situation I'm in. So that's my, and I also live in South Florida. So crime con was just up the road from me. It made sense for me with my story to come there to see who I can, um, you know, get some help from. My brother and I are twins. We were born in England and then we uh, were migrated to Jamaica when we were young kids. So we grew up our, um, elementary and high school years in Jamaica. And as soon as we completed that education, we were we moved to Florida, South Florida, because my mother at the time was living in South Florida. And so we were with our father in Jamaica. And um, she said, it's time for you to come and further your education here in the U.S. So we were very excited and happy for the opportunity to, you know, just migrate and to advance our, our education and, of course, our career. So we we were happy to move to uh, South Florida. And we stayed, we were always in South Florida. My brother was very, um, very uh, religious. He joined a local Jamaican church and that was his world. He loved the church. Um, he put a lot of um, his free time, you know, work, church, work, church. And at some stage, he met this person at the church. And um, soon after, they decided to get married. My mother and, you know, you have to go back, looking back at older folks, when they when they have some kind of inclination about something, you really should listen. But of course, at that time, we don't listen. Um, but she was totally against him getting married at that time, mostly because this person was very new to the church. It was within months. And after meeting her, he announced that he was getting married. Um, but, you know, we we accepted it. We prepared for a wedding. We had a very nice wedding and we accepted it. Soon after the wedding, which I want to say maybe about a month after the wedding, the wedding was, I believe, in 1983, if I'm not mistaken. About a month after, another person from the church 
another young lady from the church announced that she was six months pregnant and that it was the father was my my brother was the father. It was devastating. It was devastating. And of course, it was devastating for a young wife as well. Um, but they worked through it. They, she, um, you know, they made their amends and they continued their, their marriage and they end up having three children. So there is the firstborn child, which is not with his wife. It's a boy. His name is Michael. And then they went on to have three children, um, all girls. The middle child is, um, is, very ill, disabled. So the other two children, the younger and the older adults, um, you know, they, 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 he raised them. They raised those two girls until they became adults. Um, and so, uh, you know, you're looking forward to know the children are gone and you're going to um, retire or, you know, look at um, some other um, activity to to enjoy at this at that age because he was still very young um and then all of a sudden out of nowhere this happened totally totally completely threw me off guard I, I had no idea no inclination of any issues any problems so I'm still struggling I'm still trying to understand um there was a lot that occurred that is very uneasy and I will not accept until it makes sense. I mean, it has to make some kind of plausible sense to me, to my family, to the public at large, and to the law enforcement involved in this. So I will not rest and I will not stop until we get some kind of explanation to the many questions that we've been asking. And so far... We're still waiting. What was your brother Calvin like? First of all, I must tell you, he was employed with the U.S. Postal Service. He was a mail carrier. He was a mail carrier for about 30 years, half of which was in South Florida, in Miami. And then he moved from Miami to Stewart. Well, he he, he got transferred to Stewart and lived in a neighboring city called Port St. Lucie in Florida. He was the embodiment of friendship. He loved people. I always say to him, you never met a stranger. Because he's always, even if they don't speak the language, he meets someone, they're his friend. He was the kind of person that loved to be around people. He was anxious to be involved with people. That was him. Everybody who knew him. Had a last, he had a lasting impact on them. And I have a interesting question about. You said uh, Michael is the son of the firstborn, the, yes, right, the firstborn, and and that was the other woman from the yes, from the church. Previous, previous, okay. But they they continued to stay together. The his the wife, wife, the marriage, yes, oh yes, yes. And do you think that that was because they realized that their union was so strong, or was it? maybe the perception that they shouldn't separate because of this? I don't think it's because the union was strong. I think it's purely religious. You know, you're a Christian, you don't get divorced, you work through the issues, you try to make amends and forgive and forget. That's exactly what I thought it was. 
Yeah, that's what I was taking it as as well, is yes. that it, it went sort of beyond their relationship and more yes. like, like you said, that was more deeply rooted in their beliefs. Correct. Gotcha. Correct. Also, the mail carrier for 30 years is a statement on the commitment to that occupation. I don't know anyone. I was thinking that when I read the information and then you said it, I was thinking about, do I know anyone who's held a job for 30 years? And I really don't. That's like incredibly impressive. It is impressive. And um, I mean, you know, it's not an easy job. Um, You're, you know, the rain, the sun, the walking. But what he enjoyed most was the fact that he met so many people. He was a people person. So he would be talking, talking, talking with everyone. He, everybody, And some of the um, videos of after this tragedy happened, you can hear the people from his route where he delivered that, you know, he was always coming in and talking and they were like close friends because his route allowed him to meet and greet and talk with people. And that's what he loved. And how was his physical health with uh, that kind of job? Well, as far as I knew, he was fine. I had, I saw no, no problems. I saw no indication that there was anything physical or mental wrong with him. I saw nothing. Uh, he never expressed anything to me that he had any problems. But he had been experiencing um, health problems? I'm not aware of it. I'm not aware of it. And I can also tell you that I've seen, well, I've from the police report because, and from his immediate family also, where they're talking about things that nobody knew about, nobody heard about. So, and of course, he's not here now to, to tell us. So where did that come from? We have no idea. And these things that no one knew about, you're speaking of the maybe indications or the 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 flags that he might be suffering the beginning stages of dementia or alzheimers or was it more of the heart condition well he did have a defibrillator implanted and he was so excited to get that defibrillator it was like a a kid with a new toy and i said to him you seem more so excited to have this device implanted that you really needed it but apparently there was some concern about his heart that was a precautionary measure. The defibrillator was precautionary. And since it was implanted, there was no real indication of anything major. I don't think it even delivered anything to him to keep his heart going. I have not seen any report that there was an actual shock to continue his heart. And what was the moment that happened where it was decided that he needed the defibrillator? I think, I'm not sure the details, but I'd heard that he um, he was taken to the emergency room because he had some heart um, episode and it was determined from the visit that he should look into um, getting the device. And at that time, I said to him, you really should get a second opinion because I, I don't think you really need that. And he, he was really excited though and wanted it. Hmm. And how old was he at that point? How, how many years ago, I guess, was, was that? That would have been 50, maybe 5, 50, I mean, to 29, uh, 2019, so 56. Okay, and what medication was he on um, due to that? 
as far as I knew, it was really just the the um, the medication relating to him having the defibrillator. I don't know of any other medication. I I knew nothing about him having any issues at all. I mean, to be a mail carrier, to go out and walk the streets for eight hours delivering mail, you have to be accurate. You have to be aware and driving back and forth. So I am not aware of any serious problems, any problems at all with him. I was not aware of anything. It's kind of interesting to me that the post office themselves wouldn't have put him on a different, I guess, job placement. Correct. Like you could work in the post office and not walk. You know, you could be somebody who worked inside the building and maybe sorted the mail or, or worked with customers. Correct. And had you ever thought of that? Like if their management knew that he had that in place with his heart, had a serious heart issue, they would take him off the off the street? And I don't think the defibrillator uh, impacted his job performance at all. So I don't think it, it was necessary. I don't think it impacted him at all. So he was able to continue full his full work schedule. Yeah, I think the reason why I brought that up is because if it did impact him, if he did have this heart issue, I would think after like, you know, going on 30 years, you yes. you have a relationship with your employers he where they would say- it. He would yeah, have earned it, yes. Yeah, they, and they yeah. would probably say, hey, you have this heart condition, Light we duty. don't want anything bad happening yes. to you. Yes. You know, yeah. a hot day in Florida, you're walking, you can't, you're dehydrated, something might happen, so we're going to put you behind the desk here. And if they didn't say that to him, I would be surprised. They, they didn't, and I don't think he needed it, and I don't think he, he himself wanted that. He wanted to be out there. That's what he loved. Now, the, the situation about the um, dementia, I have no idea where that came from. It seemed to me that it was a narrative that was plotted to throw things off from what occurred. I mean, personally... I think it was a part of the plan. Okay, so you never saw any effects of dementia in Calvin? or I never saw it, and I, I have now since seen his medical records, and nothing in his medical records indicates anything about dementia. Nothing. Wow, okay, so nothing about dementia. He never nothing. saw a doctor about it? Nothing, nothing. The only place I heard dementia was from his wife and daughter's. Okay. The two adult daughters. And they were they were both living with him, right? Actually no. Well, they until they were adults. One daughter, the younger one, uh, moved out years before, which I knew she was not living there. I subsequently realized that she was married and living with a husband. We knew nobody knew that she, I don't even think my brother knew that she had a husband. And only living ten minutes away from the main house, from their parents' house. But he did not know that she had a husband, but she was living down the street. The other daughter was living, well, she moved out, she had a child, and then she moved back home with the child. So she moved back home with the child and probably was back home for about six years with her child. And I think she moved out the Sunday before this incident happened. So she literally moved out three days before this happened, this occurred. Okay. 
and he knew nothing of her, all that was happening, where she, that she was moving out, or he knew nothing about it. This is his daughter. This is his daughter, correct. And he didn't know that she got married? No. And didn't know she was about to move out, but that, but that's what happened. Well, one, the one that got mar- what, married was already out of the house. It's the, the other one who is not married, but she has a child. She moved back home with a child. He allowed her to move back home with a child. She moved out. Well, she bought a house and she closed on the house and he knew nothing about it. Her mother knew, but he did not know. Was there communication problems? Um, they never really had a, a relationship that was reasonably okay. It's always distance. It's always separate. It's always seemed that she was doing her thing, he was doing his thing, and they never really seemed like they connected. And it's, it's everybody knew that they just had their separate lives. They're under the same roof, but they were living separate lives. Yeah, I get that. I get that, you know, children want independence from their parents and parents eventually want their child to be independent. It's interesting, though, that your description of him is that he loves people and, you know, obviously he loves people because he had a job that was very mm-hmm. front facing for mm-hmm. three decades. So mm-hmm. if he didn't like people, then he wouldn't have had that job. Correct. Correct. But in the reports and the documents that we have, he's described as being really strict. And and I don't ever want that to be used against somebody as like, well, this is an overall umbrella for how the person is. Because a parent can be strict with children. Was it that strictness that kind of caused that divide between them? I am not even aware of a strictness in him. For the most part, we grew up in Jamaica. Um, and, you know, the Caribbean, we have certain standards. We have certain expectations of our children. And so, you know, we have rules. Um, and especially him being involved in the church, there are certain things that were unacceptable. By this time, though, these children are now adults. They're on their own. They have their own lives. I don't understand what strictness would affect them as an adult now when they were seemingly living their normal lives. Right. Maybe maybe he was his his religious beliefs were were um, difficult for him to. Maybe they were afraid to approach him with the with the news about um, her marriage. I don't. I I think it's more. Uh-huh. He had higher expectations for them, and they had no ambition. They were not ambitious. They had no motivation, and he wanted much more for them. He would do anything that they wanted. He literally put them in college. And all these things that he prepared for them, they did not want. They were not ambitious. Yeah, that's got to be frustrating. You know, again, just going back to the uh, working at the same job for 30 years, you know, you're doing that for your children. And if you're putting them into school, you probably want something to come out of it that is better than what they what they did, you know, what they did as uh, growing up. And, and you always want something better for your children. So I can, I can see where that's frustrating. But he never held it against them, though. He never really held it against them. He continued to have some kind of relationship with them, but they were very distant. They had their own agenda. They were very distant. And we'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. 
Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Thanks to our sponsors, and now we're back to the program. Can you take us to the night of March 10th, 2021? I got a call at 3 a.m. on March 11 that said, your brother, is mi- Calvin is missing. No, she said, Calvin, I think she said he's missing. He's not home. He's missing. And I said, what do you mean he's missing? He's not home from work yet? And she said, yes, he came home, but... I don't know where he is. And I called the police. The police is here. I said, that's strange. Then she started to tell me that he took sleeping pills. And she thinks he's sleepwalking. And I mean, shocked, shocked me completely because this is a no-no for us. We're Jamaicans in the Caribbean. We don't take those kind of medications. So when she said he took sleeping pills and he was sleepwalking, I said, that's strange. And then I said to her, did you look in the backyard? Because he loves to plant. And part of his, one of his passion was being out there tending to his fruit trees. So I said, did you look in the backyard? And she said, no. She shone a flashlight through the glass door, but she did not see him. And I thought that was odd. But the do- she said, the police is there. They're waiting for the canines to come and drones. And I know the the um the house there is a fence it's completely fenced and then there is a canal in the backyard and he would not go down to the canal um, you know we had a younger brother in Jamaica that drowned years ago before so we were petrified of wa- big bodies of water so he would not be going down to the canal especially at that time of night so i said that's strange Anyhow, we went back and forth where she's waiting for the canine to arrive and she's waiting for the drone. But there is something in my stomach, just from the way she spoke on the phone, that he's missing. When she called me, she never said, have you heard from him? Did he call you? She just proceeded to tell me that he's missing. What do you mean missing? He's a grown man. He's an adult. He's not. How could he be missing? My brother is not a person who is involved in criminal activities or anything with law enforcement that have to involve law enforcement. So why would he be missing? It makes no sense. Had she called other people before she called you other than the police? She said she called her two daughters. Afterwards, where she said she called both daughters and none of them responded. It was strange because both daughters only live 10 minutes away one in two different directions. The entire time she said she's calling these daughters and they're not responding. Eventually, one daughter showed up uh, like three hours afterwards and the other daughter showed up six hours afterwards. The one that showed up three hours afterwards, the police went to her house and it's unclear why the police went to her house because we don't know if the wife, the mother sent them to her house, but they did and they knocked on her door 
They were there for seven minutes and no response. They got no answer. No, no one came to the door. Eventually, after she said that she was sleeping and she never heard the police knocking on her door, she has a seven-year-old child at the time. Someone ought to hear. Police doesn't just come and do a light knock on your door. They're banging on your door. And she said she never heard them. Now, the other daughter, who is another 10 minutes, only 10 minutes away, showed up six hours later, said she was home sleeping because it was her birthday. And really, March 11th was her birthday. And she had muted her phone because she did not want all the uh, birthday wishes that would be coming through from social media and all of and messages. She did not want anyone to, to be sending her all those messages. So she wanted to be left alone. So she muted her phone. That's what she said. So she never heard her mother calling her. And um, six hours later, she woke up and she saw all these missed calls. And so she contacted her mother, which is not true. Why? Well, one of the ironic thing about all of this is I've been very vocal after the police closed the investigation. Um, well, his body was found through two days later on the 13th, floating on the canal behind his house in the middle of the canal on his back. Two days after his body was found on the 15th, the medical examiner did an autopsy and the police department announced no foul play right after the autopsy. And I was quite surprised because for one, how do you find a body directly behind his house, floating on his back in the canal, when you had dogs and you had canine drones back there, no indication that he was there, no no footprint, no indentation, nothing to suggest that he walked back there. His house was completely fenced. The fence is locked from the inside. So he could not have gone through the fence and then locked from the inside. Nothing. No indication that he would have gone back there. And then the police announced no foul play. I was very shocked. The, the police said, we have to wait for toxicology report to find out the manner and cause of death and um i said okay we wait and we waited for three months after three months we got the toxicology report that came back with lethal levels of benadryl in his system lethal levels so i said okay what is this police department is going to do now three months later by this time she had already tossed all the furniture out on the sidewalk everything on the sidewalk house sold and she's on her way his wife you know living her own life and i thought leave the levels of benadryl now this requires an in-depth thorough investigation no the police closed the medical examiner ruled accidental drowning and the case was closed and i'm questioning the medical examiner first of all when you did the autopsy two days later which you should not have waited two days later to do an autopsy on a drowning victim but when you did that autopsy two days later didn't you know that it was drowning at that time 
you should have known. We don't need toxicology to then tell us that this is drowning. It, it makes no sense. And so I've been fighting tooth and nails to get them to revisit this and to see that there's more to this than they are telling us. Lots of questions. Might sound a little insignificant, but I'm really curious what the fence was made of. Was it a chain link fence? And no, how was it's, it locked? Um, PVC. PVC. It, it's latch. It, it's one of those latch that you put on it and you push it over. It's a latch. And the latch was slid into the lock position. Correct. 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 And you, even cobwebs, uh, spider webs were there. So it was not touched at all. We could see spider webs still on the lock. And it's a high enough fence that you cannot just scale the fence. Right. Okay. And um, tell me about the Benadryl use. Why was he taking Benadryl? I have no idea. I really have no idea. Have you heard any of the um, the 911 call? Maybe you've heard that one. And she mentioned Benadryl, which was odd. And I still don't know why the toxicologist tested for Benadryl and not the other things because he had heart problems. So he was taking heart medication, but none of that is in the toxic in the report. So I don't know why they zoned in on testing for the Benadryl, but I had no idea why he would be taking Benadryl. In the 911 call, his wife mentions he was on sleeping pills. Is that what she was talking about? The Benadryl? No, she actually... No. Um, spelled out the medication that she's calling the sleeping pill on the 911 call, the Alprozam. Alprozam, she spelled that out. That's what she was calling a sleeping pill. It's an anti-anxiety medication. It's not a sleeping pill. 911 police fire or ambulance. Um, police. The address I, I, I don't know what happened to my husband. He told me he was going into the garage. And I can't see him come back. Okay. He left his phone here. What's your address? What's your address, sir? Southeast Fallon Drive. All right. Southeast Fallon Drive. How long ago did he leave? Like, you, you checked the garage and he's not there? Right. The side door was open. Right. But I I don't see him. Okay. How long ago did and he leave? How long? I saw him like an hour ago, like 12, 12, 12, thereabouts. An hour I was half. coming into the room. Okay. Yeah. I was coming into my room, you know, in the room, and then he was going outside, and I said, where are you going? He said, I'm going to check something in the garage. Okay. Is he and white I black? I can't see him. All right. White, black, or Hispanic? He's black. What's his name? And they had the room. Hold on. His name is Calvin Ben. All right, Calvin, spell his last name? B-E-R-R-Y. Date of birth? 12262. What color shirt, what color pants uh, is he wearing? It should be a gray shirt. And I believe he has on a black shirt. Black hair or, you know, what color hair, what color eyes? His, his hair is um, getting gray, but it, it's cut real low. Okay. Black and, and gray hair. And what color eyes? Yeah. 
is um, brown. Is the car out there? Yes, the two car, his, his truck and his car and my van is out there. The keys are inside, and he doesn't go anywhere without his phone. All right, let's see. And I, I need to tell you that they um they have him on alcohol, something like that to help him sleep, because he hasn't been sleeping that well. Alto REM, what do you mean? Like, does he have a machine hooked up on him when he was walking out, or? No, no, it's, it's, it's a muscle, not muscle. It's like a relaxer. Let me see if I can find the bottle. So he's on muscle relax. Okay. You said the side door to the garage is open, correct? Right. Is the garage open as well? No. But he has a defibrillator. Okay. Okay. Your name, please? Okay. Oh. And the medication that they give you to sleep with is A L P R A Z O L A M. And he also takes some Benadryl. I don't know if he did that tonight. Okay, so he took he took a sleeping pill and then he walked off. He took. He told me he was going to take his medicine which would be the sleeping pill. But then, he, you know, I came in because he wants to get some sleep. He hasn't been sleeping well. Yes, so I, I was going in the next room watching TV, and when I was coming out to go back into our bedroom, he was coming out and said that he's, um, he's going to the garage. Um, okay, do you think he took more than one sleeping pill then, or...? Ma'am? I have no idea what to think, what, what he did, because, you know, he takes his medicine, but he has trouble sleeping. Uh, okay, then. I don't... Okay. We're going to send an officer out to you, as I mentioned, so you can follow uh, a report for a missing person, because you last saw him an hour and a half ago. And then they'll speak to you and they'll go okay. from there, okay? How much Benadryl qualifies as a lethal dose the um the toxicology report showed it was seven times the the um normal dose which is only like two pills that's no it would have been equivalent to i think 50 no that's what i mean like the normal dose is like two or three pills or something correct and that's post-mortem testing right so some of that could have worn off correct Correct. And then what was the cause of death in the autopsy report? Accidental drowning complicated by the use of diphenhydramine. Okay. So there was water that was taken from his lungs? No. No. So no water in his lungs. No. So he didn't die of drowning. Well, that's is something that the medical examiner needs to clarify. Because... She has accidental drowning on the on the death certificate and on the um, medical examiner's report, but the report shows no water in his lungs. 
Hope you enjoyed part one of our interview with Dornette. Part two will be coming out in a few days on Missing. Make sure to check out Justice for Calvin for more information. Thanks a lot for listening.